Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone and welcome to the Rota Report podcast in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gavia once again and we've won another game. It didn't feel like it was coming but it did in the end. We eventually got three points tonight against Swindon. Tough, tough Swindon team who didn't really allow us a lot of opportunities. 1-0 of course, Charlie Wake scored again. Another, another goal from him after a couple of games without one. And yeah, three points. We'll move up the table to fourth place. Everything's hunky-dory. I'm joined by Chris Wynn. How we doing, Chris? I better after that. After yeah. we got through it. Yeah, and Matty Crichton. Matty, how we doing? Yeah, just feel relieved. I was just waiting and waiting for us to, you know, capitulate and draw another game. But we've held on another clean sheet and we're moving up the table. Absolutely. I always ask how people are doing. And the standard answer is just to say, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm great. But I've got a feeling like it was going a completely different way. Like, had I asked that question... <laughs> After like 70 minutes, we've all been pulling our hair out. Uh, what little I've got left of it. But yeah, Sunderland tonight, I don't think we played particularly badly. There were some hairy moments, obviously, towards the end. We'll get onto that. But generally speaking, we were in control of the game without really threatening their goal. And uh, thank the Lord, eventually a little bit of our quality shone through. And Chris Maguire came off the bench, put a great cross in from a free kick. Um, Charlie Wyke uh, does as he has done on many occasions this season. Great movement, gets on the end of it, puts it in the corner of the goal, keeper gets nowhere near it. And um, after that point, you felt, well, just hang on to the lead, maybe get a second one, which we did right up until the end of the game. Chris Maguire gives away a daft free kick. 35 yards out, you think, well, what are they going to do from here, really? You know, just stay tight at the back, you know, make sure we get rid of it. And their player thinks, fuck it, I'm just going to have a shot. And he twats one off the bar. <laughs> and yeah. I think I shit me pants at that moment, but thank God it didn't go in. Nothing came of it, um, and we got the three points. So, Chris, obviously you said, yeah, you're feeling good because of the three points, but that was such a massive win, wasn't it? It was. It was massive. Just about all you need to do, I think. Matty mentioned it. Just need to look at the league table to see how big the result was. Just kind of performance didn't go with it, unfortunately. I know we'll get into it, but just in terms of the three points, just getting the three points after Saturday, and maybe it was a knock-on effect from Saturday, that leggy performance at uh, the weekend. But three points, putting the pressure on, results going our way. And it's just nice to look upwards to the top two rather than scrambling for a place in the playoffs for once. Mm. So, uh, yeah, in a good position. I'm just looking at the form table for the sides up there and we're level with Peter Brez, the formed side. At the top end of the division, we've won four of our last five. So have they. Hull, 
dropping away slightly. I mean, they're the back up the second, but um, we still have them to play. Lincoln have went all the pot. Portsmouth have went all the pot. Doncaster beat Portsmouth tonight, I think. Correct as if I'm wrong. No, I'm right, yes. Doncaster yeah, it was 2-1. Beat yeah, so yeah. Doncaster got an, an important win for them, but an important win for us because it puts us above Portsmouth. Yeah. yeah, it just feels like everything's falling into place for us at the moment. I mean, we aren't playing particularly well and we're winning games. We keep we kept a clean sheet. When you think about it, that's amazing to have kept another clean sheet considering McFadzian, and we'll get on to him, but he was shite the night playing left back. <laughs> You've got a makeshift centre-half in O'Neill playing with Sanderson, who's a rookie who doesn't play like a rookie, but he is one. And then a makeshift right back in Max Power, flitting between a back four and a back three tonight, Matty. It was really strange how our shape, wasn't it? Interesting to watch us, despite having players largely out of position all over the pitch. We looked very fluid, didn't we? Yeah, I think obviously we set up, it was clear with that lopsided 3-4-3 to try and get Gooch down the right. Mm. I think we're seeing... McFadzine was we're trying to get it sort of on that right to keep it away from him. And you're seeing Scowan and O'Neill were both sort of there to add protection. But I think the only part of it that made it quite frustrating was because we went down the right so much, we couldn't really get McGeady on the ball. Yeah. But I guess a positive is we had power playing completely out of position, O'Neill still completely out of position. Basically, you know, two central midfielders at centre off. And bar a few moments, we look pretty solid. And I think it says a lot. That sides now, even though we've got this defensive injury crisis, they're not coming and looking to have a go. They're sort of coming with a bit of fear and thinking, oh, you know, like similarly to Fleetwood the other week, if we can get a nil-nil here, you know, that's a good result, which I think has been a change because I think in the past teams have come to Stadium Alight and they've sort of been a bit more confident to have a go. And I think it's good to see that, you know, we are getting that winning feeling back and teams are starting to fear us a bit more now. I mean, you mentioned like this lopsided thing. Do you not think it wasn't necessarily our formation to be lopsided? We just ended up that way because we just didn't trust it, putting it out wide to the left to McFadden, which meant every time we brought the ball out from the back, it was Max Power bringing the ball out, which meant Gooch was inevitably going to get it. I mean, I noticed, I've got a note, for about 20 minutes in, if you watched, there was McGeady, Gooch and Jones all down the right wing, all three of them, because the ball just wasn't going to the left. Mm. at all and we were attacking so much down the right that we just ended up lopsided and McGeady he ended up having to just go hunting for the ball because he was so sick of the ball not coming to McFadden then not coming to the byline to him that he just had to wander to, to actually get some time on the ball yeah I think on that though Chris I think sometimes naturally when you're on the football field if if say like as we've seen McFadden was giving the ball away so much I think the players themselves start to think you know we don't want to keep giving him it that's what I'm saying. They, they, they don't want to give him the ball because they know he's going to give it away. Yeah. And we've seen it time and time again. It was either getting exploited positionally, 1v1 from the wingers, and especially on the ball, he just time and time again, he'd take a touch and he'd just give it away. Yeah, it was all about trust. I mean, you, you saw when Sanderson and O'Neill got the ball and it was always looking at Max Power. They never went out to the left. And, and our formation ended up being kind of... It looked lopsided because of just the way we were playing out with the ball. So it wasn't necessarily, this is what we're going to do. It was just naturally the players gravitated to the right because that's where the trusted players were and then that's where they put the ball. Mm. Did, do you think we missed Grant Ledbetter tonight, Matty? Because uh, he, he's obviously going to be out for a little while now. We saw Carl Winchester come into the team, um, Scowen playing alongside him. D- did we miss Ledbetter? Because um, 
you know, in games like that, he often controls the ball, doesn't he? And I think we didn't really keep a lot of the ball in the centre of the park tonight for whatever reason. So, yeah, what did you make of that? To be honest, I think yeah, I'd wrote on after the last game that if Ledbetter is going to be out for a long time, we need to see more of Carl Winchester. And I think, you know, he was tidy on the ball tonight. He got in space and I think he ticks things over. But I think overall in the midfield tonight, what they did lack in credit of Ledbetter, you know, sometimes them little long passes he makes just to play someone in. I thought my key criticism of the central midfield tonight, I just thought they were a bit safe. There was a yeah. lot of side balls and they did work hard and, you know, they recovered the ball well. You know, you get that with Scowan and Winchester had some lovely touches, but you never seen one of them pick it up and look to put someone in behind or break someone down the wing. I, I did just feel they're a bit safe. And in like I said, in Ledbetter's credit, he is a bit more daring on the ball and can place it over the top for people. Yeah, yeah I like how tidy Winchester is. But yeah, I, I agree that uh, my criticism of Winchester is that he doesn't really look forward. Mm-hmm. He's always someone who looks sideways. So maybe a little bit in the Ledbetter mould, but he doesn't look up as much as Ledbetter. Um, I would have liked to have done that, especially at home against a team like Swindon tonight. Should have looked up and looked to see what was ahead of him rather than alongside him. Mm. Swindon, a game that we expected to win. I mean, that's the 19th game they've lost this season, but they definitely came just for a point, didn't they? So to be able, I mean, we can, we can, we will pour over the individual performances of the players and the way the game went. But ultimately, we just had to win tonight, Kristen, where we just had to get the three points, get out of there, move on to the next one. You know, performance comes secondary when you've got so many players missing, I think. It does, and you're right. But, you know, the way you were talking there, the way you asked the question, though, Gav, it's not. It's a little bit concerning that we're kind of saying, oh, we have to just get through it. Tonight, we were playing the team with the worst away record in League One, and we're kind of just saying, we just need to get through it, get three points. And I'd rather us kind of be just a bit more convincing. I mean, if we're looking to go up top two, I mean, if mm. you know, um, what's what's the gap? I mean, it's eight points between us and Peterborough. I mean, ideally, we want to win the League One title. We want to be champions. You know, I mean, yeah. that's got to be our target with Sunderland. I'm not being arrogant by saying that, but it's the team with the worst away record in the league. They were awful. They didn't look forward. They were looking at set pieces. You say they were set up to defend. Yeah, they put two banks of four on the edge of the box, but. I wouldn't say they were fantastically kind of putting, throwing their bodies in the way of things no, or no, last-ditch tackles. No. It, it was it was no urgency from us. There was no tempo in the final third. We didn't actually put them under any pressure, really. I mean, we hardly had a shot, to be fair, apart yeah. from the odd time when we'd nick the ball off them. So I'd rather us be a little bit more convincing against teams like no, that. No, I, I get that. Yeah, absolutely. We would rather that be the case, but I think it's just logical to expect that not every game is going to go to plan. We did actually put a pretty strong team out tonight. I know there was a lot of players out of position, but there were some good attacking players on the pitch and we, for whatever reason, we just couldn't break them down. And I, I worry maybe when we've previously been able to get McGeady to be heavily influential in games, we just haven't in recent weeks. And I wonder how much that's got to do with the left-back situation, like you pointed out before. We'll get on to McFadden in some detail, I guess, when we do the ratings, but that's really harming us. And it's like, it's a case of what do you do, you know? When we do get some central defenders back fit, I wouldn't even think twice. I would just put O nine out there. I know he, he can play anywhere and it's harsh on the lad, but we need somebody to be able to provide McGeady with that cover and that presence on the overlap to, to allow him to flourish. And I, and I know he's yeah. played a lot with McFadzian in recent weeks and he's played a lot with him when he's played well. But tonight, a lot of our performance just felt like we were trying to protect McFadzian and not sort of focus on our strengths. I think um, James Nichols in our group chat, he... Shared a, I think it was the average position map at half time, 
of the players and it was pretty clear Scowen was just sitting out at left back trying to cover for him mm. because, you know, and it's it's obviously something that the managers you know, he Scowen's a very important player in the in the change room, I imagine, because he's worked with Johnson previously and Johnson can probably trust him. And he's probably looked at it and thought, you know, I need you to help me out here, like because he's costing us too many goals down that left hand side. But I guess looking ahead slightly, we'll play Rochdale at the weekend, who are second bottom in the table, who are playing a more expansive attacking brand of football. So I think that'll be a more interesting game to judge ourselves on because really, if we want to be dominating games and battering teams, that's a game you should be looking at and thinking they're not going to sit back like some of these teams have. They're going to actually try and play football against us. I think they'll play into our hands in a way though, Rochdale, because I remember we played them the other year and they persisted with that playing out from the back. Mm. And they had to change and go along because we kept scoring. And I think if we are going to do this high press from the front, yeah. I wonder how long Rochdale will persist with that passing from the back. Yeah, yeah. Just on that high press, that's been something that's been missing in our last two games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they have looked a bit more complacent. Yeah, yeah, we need to get back to that. Yeah, okay, we'll move on to three-word reviews before we do the ratings then. As always, a ton have came through, so I'm sorry I don't get... I'm going to actually scan further down the list than I normally would to try and get to some of the people I might normally miss. Starting with Richie Martin, he says Virgil van Wyk. Neil Greaves says just keep winning. Stephen Nesbitt, final whistle relief. Ian Roper says just about enough. Matty Foster says we're catching up. Uh, Curious Female says edge of seat. Mark Trigg says jammy bastards away. Hannah says top three closer. Gavin Moan says nerves are shot. Lord Jason says just not good enough. Or just good enough, sorry. That would be four words. <laughs> Um, Bradley Sharp says please drop McFadden. P says Charlie fucking Mike. Kurt Foster says three crucial points. Paul Summerside says onwards and upwards. Evan Lloyd says his highness assists. Ian Thompson says win playing badly. And we'll end on Bradley Sharp who says please start Maguire. Now we will get to him. Don't want to really go any further on that. But we will start with the ratings at the top. And for once the, the host won't start with the keeper. I'm going to start with Chris. You're going to have Lee Burge. Oh, rating. Yeah, curveball. You've put us on the spot there. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Uh, I'm, uh, it's funny, actually. I mean, it might be too high, but uh, I'm I'm going to go for an eight for, for Birch. I thought uh, I thought he made that save later on. Well, a, a save's as important as a goal in some cases, isn't it? That save when uh, the ball was played in behind uh, power, was it It was about 20 minutes left, 15, 20 minutes left. That was as important as, as White scoring at the other end. Oh, absolutely. It was only like two or three minutes after White scored and put us ahead. And I thought basically Burge was as important as White to get us three points. So I gave him an eight for that save. And a couple of other free kicks... That was swerving about first half that he held on to. So, yeah, I thought solid performance from Birch. Yeah, grand. Luke 09, Matty? Yeah, I, I thought he was solid. Again, I think we always have to highlight that he is playing on his weak foot in a position he's never played until this season. So, I think, I mean, he wasn't really tested, but I think what he did do, he did well. There was uh, one moment in the game I really liked. I think McFadden had been beaten and he came across and just, you know, he just dealt with the situation. And I'd think, obviously, it's not going to be a permanent position, but I think we really do have to credit him for his flexibility, but also his willingness to do it, because, you know, yeah. it's probably not ideal for him constantly being chopped about. So I gave him a seven. I gave Dion Sanderson a seven as well. I just thought he was very assured once again. He, he reminds us a lot of Johnny Evans when he was here, just very young and very inexperienced, but he plays like a 28, 29-year-old defender. He's just so assured. So confident, doesn't give the ball away that often, uh, wins the majority of his headers, 
I think he had Pittman in his back pocket. Pittman's ancient, like, and physically you should expect him to beat him, but I don't think Pittman touched the ball hardly, and he came off, and that was largely due to just how good Sanderson was. Um, and it wasn't all about just, you know, pure defending. I mean, he carried the ball out quite a lot and got himself forward, used his pace. So I gave him a seven. I maybe could have marked him higher, actually. Yeah, pretty happy with Dion Sanderson once again. He's holding this defence together, isn't he? Um, yeah. Max yep. Power, Chris? A bit of a mixed bag, I think, for Max Power. I've got a, I've got him down as a as a six. I thought mm. at times he, he did some really good things and, and we were too reliant on him first, especially first half where the ball was always going to, to bring it out. I mean, yeah. if he's got the ball that much, I mean, you know, most of the time, there's, you know, lower percentages that a lot of them are going to go astray when he actually tries to play the ball forward. He played a lot of aimless balls forward in the first half, tried to play too long um, at times. He got caught in behind with about that chance where Burge made that really good save. Um, and I thought he was kind of ball watching when the striker got in behind him. And he got done down the line with about 10 minutes left far too easily. Didn't really kind of put his foot in or anything. So he was good in some places. He made, you know, one or two errors in others. So got him as a six. Mm. Right, let's see who the nastiest bastard here is then. Because, uh, Matty, <laughs> you've got Callum McFadzian. Oh, I think you're th- going to be... Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. How are you, mate? Let's see what you can do with this. Because uh, <laughs> just, yeah, another shocker, really. To be honest, what it reminded me of, actually, and it, it may come across as harsh, but literally, it reminded me of soccer aid, as in <laughs> you, you'll, you'll get you'll get like a couple of ex pros who are you know composed and know what they're doing, and then you might get like a radio DJ who who may have kicked a ball about when he was younger, but he's, he's just so out of depth he's compared ben Shepherd, to the rest. Isn't he? He's Ben Shepherd. Yeah, he, he just he, he just stuck out like a sore thumb in terms of being bad in you know a team that was you know we we were obviously up against a ten ten behind the ball and we we're trying to break them down, but. The amount of times he gave the ball away or was beaten by his man, it's just it's getting too frustrating. And I, I really, obviously, we've spoke on podcasts before about Vulcans, how he hasn't had a great start, but surely he has to be better than McFadzine for me. I know he's got the final coming up, which he'll probably have to play, but it's just it's getting in games like we spoke earlier. They're just they're trying to avoid him on the ball, and it's it's not helping McGeady. And I, to be honest, I just think he's a liability in the team and. 100%. It's such a shame that Denver Hume's injured. Yeah. What's your mark then? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you you, you were ranting that half... much about him. You forgot yeah. him. <laughs> first half, I gave him a one, but I did think he was better in the second. I think he made less errors, so I did move him up to a three. So I guess a two is it would be even from the game. Yeah, that's what I gave him a two. Mainly exactly the same thing you said. I had him as a one at half time. And when somebody asked why I gave him a one and not a zero, I said, because you can see he's trying his best. <laughs> like, and that, that's why I, I do feel a little bit harsh, constantly, constantly criticizing him and constantly like digging him out. But it's like, it's the noticeable errors in every single game. We're carrying him, we're 100% carrying him. The fact we're keeping clean sheets and winning games with a player as bad as that playing left back um, is just crazy. Like, and, um, I wonder why they keep sticking him in front of the cameras as well. He done he done the po- uh, the pre match yeah. uh, interview, and I'm just like, oh, I, I didn't need to see him before kick off. Like, keep him away from the screens, keep him away from the pitch. Just get rid of him. Play anybody else left back. I, honestly, I would play. I would play anyone else left back. He is that you know when you're organising a five a side and you've only got nine, and there's that lad who says he'll play, and you go, oh shit you know <laughs> we've got no choice he's got to come along oh bless him he tries oh when you've got 11 players at five a side and he goes on the team and say and you kind of just stick him out on the wing nobody passes to him yeah but what's what's Vogan's doing in training 
I mean, is he is, is Vulcan just kind of tripping over the ball every two seconds in training, not to get in ahead of him? It's, I, mean, I, it's a, I, I think I think Matty might have made a good point. I think it's with it might be with this final coming up. Just trying, yeah, I honestly just think because he's cup tied, like maybe. maybe he wants to, you know, at least keep him okay for the final. But I honestly think once that final's gone, it's a straight fight between him and Vulcans. I'd be kicking myself if I was Vulcans and I couldn't get ahead of him. Well, I, th- I thought it was funny what Damien said in our chat about. Can we maybe put Denver Hume in one of those exoskeletons that the Japanese use for <laughs> so old people can go shopping? I think we should maybe look into that because can't, that can't be a worse option currently than playing him left back. I think I'm next, Lyndon Gooch. Uh, I gave him a six in both halves. To be honest, it was a typical Lyndon Gooch performance. He, he'd done a lot of decent things and he did a lot of bad stuff and ultimately it was his end product that was lacking. I mean, I think he had our first shot on target in the game, um, but I often just think, you know, you've got that in your locker, why don't you do it more often, you know? Quite often he gets caught under his feet. He, the ball gets caught under his feet. He runs down blind alleys. He, you know, gives the ball away needlessly. Gives away fouls needlessly. I love his commitment. I love how much when he gets a decision going against him. I, I love how much passion he shows because he, he he really does play with his heart on his sleeve, Gooch. But I think sometimes he could do with being a bit more composed. To be honest, I think he's a bit of a hothead and he runs around the pitch even when he's in a decent position with the ball. That affects him because he's you know. He's so uncomposed and it, it doesn't allow him much time to get his thinking straight and his feet straight and sort of, you know, do something well with the ball. Because as we saw against Burton, he's got it in his locker when he when he gets the ball outside the box and cuts inside, he can score these goals. Um, so I wasn't really surprised that he didn't really do much. And then he got injured, didn't he? So mm. let's hope it's not a serious one. It was Malcolm, wasn't it, last week or the week before we compared him to Watmore? Yeah. I thought was, yeah at the minute, yeah. the way he's playing... I mean, because I've never compared him to Watmore, like, you know, being that direct. But for some reason, the last month or so, he's just turned into that type of player where he wants to run in one direction. And if he can't, then, you know, he doesn't he doesn't change what he's doing. He just tries to keep going in that direction. And, and it's just not coming off for him at the minute. Then he needs a couple of moments where he uh, gets his confidence back and uh, he'll get going again. Because he, he's got it. He can be one of the best players in this league if he wants to. Yeah. OK, Chris, you take the next two. Winchester and Scowan in the middle. How do you think them two played and rated? Pretty much, I've got hardly anything written for either of them because they just <laughs> plodded along. And pretty much both the same. I've got them both down as a six. Uh, Winchester was tidy, neat, decent touches, but went sideways. Um, I'd rather him go forwards. Like I said, I felt sorry for Scowan. I thought he was covering for McFadden a lot on the left. He was getting through a lot of work, uh, and I think, uh, Matty, you mentioned that. He was getting through a lot of work in the, in the middle, winning the ball back, getting possession back. But yeah, they, they, they kind of did their jobs. Nothing spectacular. Didn't really make too many howlers. But, you know, you just expect more. So both of them down as a six. Yeah. And uh, Matty, you can take Jones and McGeady, the two wingers. Uh, I, I thought they were both similar in essence, that they both had you know, these sharp touches or these bits of skill where you can tell they've got something about them and they are top players for League One. But I thought tonight, those touches and nice bits of movement, there were just no end product with it. You yeah. know, they, we didn't really create clear-cut chances. Connell Truman, bar Wyke's header, I can't really remember him making a difficult save. And I just think, you know, we need a bit more from them. Um, I just think it's the same with the two of them, just like a bit more end product in this game. And I had them both down, sort of a six point five. Yeah, yeah, I gave them both sixes. Um, I thought, I thought, you know, there was a lot of nice, nice moments, particularly early in the game from Jones. He he done quite a lot where he was sort of taking people on, cutting inside. Doesn't really lose the ball much, Jones, which I quite like for a winger. 
because wingers traditionally mm. don't hold the ball very well because they you know they're trying to carve openings and stuff. And Jones doesn't seem to lose it very much. Um, mm. But McGeady, I'm just disappointed he seems to have went off the boil a little bit. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's playing poorly, but he's he's not dominated the last couple of games, has he? I don't think he's been helped by where, where he's actually getting the ball. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. We, and we've, he's not getting yeah. the ball where he wants it. But I was just going to touch on Jones there. The thing that was a little bit frustrating for me about Jones was um, the last couple of games when he's looked dangerous, he's picked the ball up by the byline. And too many times today, he picked the ball up in the middle with his back to goal. You want yeah. him picking the ball up, facing the player on so he can take him on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just didn't get into enough positions like that today. Um, I think he just got a bit frustrated in the end. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll take Charlie White, the goal scorer. I thought he actually played quite well today, even though he only had really one chance. It was it was interesting early in the game to watch him running the channels. It's not something he often does, but he done that very well, I thought. And it's difficult for White, really, because he's not the type of striker who will create his own opportunities. So whilst running the channels and getting him behind was good, he's not really the player who should be doing that. And Danny Collins pointed that out a few times, actually. He pointed out how, you know, usually you would see maybe Aidan O'Brien doing that job and it's White doing it and there's nobody in the box waiting for the ball. So, yeah, it, I mean, I don't necessarily mark him down because of that. I think it's just because he was playing as a lone striker and he was trying to do a bit of everything. But his run and his finish were fantastic for the goal. I mean, that's a confident striker's goal, that. I mean, he starts right from the back of the pack, just gets into a really good position and the ball from Maguire is a peach and he, he doesn't head it directly at goal. He sort of flicks it across the goalkeeper and in the bottom corner, he was getting nowhere near it. And that's just a, a typical Charlie White finish that we've seen this season. He's much improved across the board and um, he certainly deserves our credit for that. So, yeah, I gave him a seven for his all-round performance. Uh, okay, the subs then. We'll probably leave... Diamond and Neil, considering the they're on the pitch all of a minute, but you can take O'Brien, Chris. Yeah, just um, <laughs> he he didn't really lose it. He fairly tidy on the ball, but didn't get involved enough. Um, hmm. Didn't do enough to drop down to a five. So I've, I've just given him a six because he. Yeah, I thought his shooting was poor though. With I think he had two sort of half chances which he snatched at. Yeah, I wondered about that one. The one that kind of came kind of about a yard behind him and I couldn't tell from the angle if it was that difficult for him or whether he screwed yeah. it up yeah. or, or where the ball was from. His, his, his role in that move was really good as well, I thought. He mm. played he played the pass to Maguire to spread it wide, but he, he did only come on with five minutes to go, to be fair to him, like, so that's that's fair enough. Um, and Chris Maguire, Matty, he can be yours. Yeah, I think once again, Chris Maguire comes on and he's really... You know, he's really knocking on the door to start. I think he looks like he's got a bit of hunger back. I think obviously with Lee Johnson, he he hasn't fought much of Maguire because he's barely played him. And I think Maguire, he seemed to lose a bit of that desire. But since, especially the last game and today, he just he looks like he does want to win his place back. And that mm. delivery for White, you know, it was that quality, what I was saying before about McGeady and Jones, you know, they didn't put that cross in or that shot. Maguire put a brilliant ball in once again. And he created a goal. So I think, I'm not sure whether Johnson will start him because of the pressing system and Maguire's not really, you know, known too much for that. But if he's going to come on and do things like that, he's a great super sub to have off the bench. And I gave him a seven. Yeah, it could it could have went a lot worse for him, mind. You know, there was that 1v1 in injury time where it was probably better to square it to, to Diamond and he shoots straight at the goalkeeper. And I don't blame him because he wanted a goal, but that could have then cost us because... Yeah, um, I did think that know, was massively yeah. great. I don't think if that was, say, McGeady on the right side of him, I don't think he would have no. dared not to pass it, but maybe because it was Diamond and he's less of a senior yeah. player, he thought he could do it. Yeah, and then yeah. and then obviously right before the end of the game, 
he gives away that free kick, which then he hit the bar from. And it was a terrible tackle as well. He didn't need to make it. But yeah, I guess history shows that he got the assist and we finished with a clean sheet. So it could have looked a lot worse for him. I don't disagree with you, Seven. Uh, you got anything to add there, Chris, on Maguire? Just looking at what I wrote down, he kind of, he, as soon as he, because he came on with about half an hour left. And as soon as he came on, I don't know, things just kind of picked up. Yeah, and it was just mm-hmm. it was just that little bit of needle that he that he brought to the game, a little bit of kind of shithousery, you know, that he he left his foot in a couple of times and he knocked him over a couple of times, and he he just like gave us a, a little bit more when he came on. I'd love to see him start, but I'm just not sure he's uh, he's kind of in the right kind of state of fitness wise to to start a game at the minute. He hasn't started a league game yeah. since Johnson's first against Wigan. He's n- n- yeah. never played him since, so I think he's maybe made his mind up in that respect on him. Well, yeah. I th- and I think it might be a fitness problem as well. I, th- I don't think Johnson trusts him to start from the off because with what he did at the weekend, I think if he did, he'd have started tonight. Yeah, and I, and I think maybe sometimes you've got to look at certain players and think when we're lacking inspiration in a game, who do I want to look to my bench and see sat there? And Maguire's that player for me in this team, you know, and he's proven it mm. again tonight. And I know people will say, well, he should be starting games when he's putting crosses like that in and... And I do get that because he's been a good player for us over the years, but tonight um, he did as much good as he did bad, in my view, because of that chance where he could have passed it and given the free kick away. But I'm not going to hold it against him. I think we just saw both sides of Chris Maguire tonight. You saw that you saw the good and the bad in him because he can be he can be a liability with some of his tackling, and he can you know be a little bit ball greedy, but he can also come up with the goods when he's putting the the cross on a, on a, on a striker's head. Yeah, but what, like you said, when it, when a game's going flat and it almost looks like because we were probably thinking what twenty minutes to go, we, we're almost thinking, oh, you know, like twenty five minutes to go, this is just going to play out to be a nil nil, and we, we don't look like scoring. Hmm. And you just need that type of player to come on to just add a little bit of chaos at yeah, either end, yeah. you know, just to just to kind of ruffle some feathers on the pitch hmm. and get the game going again. And uh, and and he did it. To be fair, we've got Pompey on Tuesday as well, and he loves playing them, doesn't he? So <laughs> if he is going to start, and maybe that's the game because he always turns up mm. against Pompey. Right. Okay. We'll go on the man the match. Then I actually give it to Maguire, <laughs> despite saying he did as much good as he did bad. I just think uh, you're right, Chris. He came on, and we needed a little bit of inspiration and a little bit of you know nettle there, and he gave us it. You know, he came on and he and he set the goal up and. Just, you know, got involved. So, yeah, Maguire. And I think it was a tough night to give him on the match tonight, to be fair. Like, mm. that's probably why he's got it. How about you, Matty? Uh, personally, I had Sanderson. Um, just yeah, for a complete that. defensive performance. I think, again, he, he stood out massively. And I've seen this week as well, he's been linked with Sheffield United. And I don't even think that's a harsh link. I think it's showing the class of the player he is. Obviously, we'd love to keep him. But I think that whether that'll happen or not is another matter. Mm. Mm. Anyone different, Chris? I was uh, I was in two minds. I thought uh, O'Nine was one of the few who really showed urgency and tried to bring the ball out and kind of get us going when he brought the ball out um, from the back. But uh, just because he doesn't get much of a shout out and I thought he was important getting three points, I'm going to give it to Burge. Yeah, I like that. I don't think we've ever finished one of these with three different man the match. But it goes back to what I said. It goes back to what I said. I don't think there was like a real standout performer tonight. There was a couple of decent performances couple of average performances and then and then you had McFadden, didn't you? The manager, Lee Johnson, I've gave him an eight. Don't know why, to be honest. I just think uh team selection, I wasn't sure on it. Do you know there's a struggle to to mark the manager when he's got so many injuries to think about and so many players to try and protect because obviously the older players and the, the likes of White and stuff, you've got to worry sometimes, you know, do you need to wrap them up a little bit and 
to his credit, he's not. But he's finding a way of, of getting results at the minute and points, and that's the important thing. And once again, it was his substitution which changed the match. So, yeah, I gave him an eight. What about you, Chris? I can see you nodding your head there. Yeah, it wasn't far off. I've got seven written down. Um, I thought he could have maybe made the changes earlier because I think first half was awful. I was expecting changes at half time, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And he did it with half an hour to go. Prob- could have been earlier, but uh, I mean, you can't really knock it when he made the changes and it turns out we get three points. So, so yeah, got him as a seven. How about you, Matty? Yeah, I had him as an eight. I think one obviously today was a bit flat but one thing we haven't touched on massively is that you know we've got a clean sheet today and then we've got four central defenders injured and we're still managing to cover and i think obviously that is an accomplishment in itself because there's not i don't think there's many teams in this league who would be able to cope having four central defenders injured so i guess in that respect i'm pretty pleased with how he's dealing with that yeah, yeah. i completely i completely agree in the in the long run Matty. but tonight he was helped by a team that didn't actually want to take any shots and attack our Yeah, that is also true. Yeah. Hmm. All right, then. Well, we'll round off there. I think that's a good point to end. Uh, Thanks very much, lads, for joining us again. Nice to talk about three points. We're sort sort of getting used to it, aren't we? I don't think we were as, like, excitable (laughs) about about these wins. We're just, yeah, yeah, there's another win. Well, that's a good way to be. I think that's the sort of momentum that we need at the minute, particularly going into Saturday when we take on Rochdale. And of course, keep up with the website this week. We've got loads going on, as per usual. Um, So yeah, thanks very much for joining us, and we'll see you at the weekend. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.